people that's uh, on vacation. We've got a number of people that's uh, worried about getting out. Uh, you know, they've come up now with this stuff. is going on in second round. And uh, we've got a number of people that... Uh, can't afford to uh, take a chance on getting out. Uh, I know that I've uh, been checking with a number of the people, talking to them on the phone and stuff like that. I talked with uh, Betty Luna, I think it was, uh, I believe it was Thursday evening, and we she is doing a lot better, but she's still got a number of problems going on. And the doctors just flat told her, says, do not get out. You can't. Because she, uh, whenever she was in the hospital and on life support, a little damage happened to her lungs with that tube and everything going in. And they said it's best that you do not get out right now. So she is staying in. Her, her sister Peggy that's usually here, she has been in Arkansas for quite a while. She's got her house up for sale. She comes in and does some stuff, then she goes back to Arkansas. So she hadn't been here. Lanelda, she is not feeling real well. And probably some of you know her husband, Frank, Frankie, they call him. He's only got about his about half a heart. And they don't even know how he's still living. But he's still up and going but even they're not getting out in their conditions. And like Linda and Jerry and Francis and Grandma and all of them, they're just, and I, you know, they can't afford to, to get anything. And uh, when I was talking to Betty, she told me that she just talked to her son. And uh, they have diagnosed him with Lou Gehrig's disease. And... They was talking and he asked her if she thought that her pastor might come and talk with him. Well, I told Betty, I said, you tell him whenever he's ready to let you know and I will come to his, he lives in Nakona, and that I will go to his house and I'll visit with him and I'll sit down and I'll talk with him. And uh, I don't know what his... Uh, condition with the Lord. I don't know where he's at with the Lord. But uh, evidently he's beginning to think about that himself. So uh, I haven't heard anything from Dee Baumgartner yet. You know her husband, uh, Tip, he passed away. They had him cremated and they told her it'll be three or four weeks before they can get the ashes and everything back. Then I'll go to her house and sit down with her and go, kind of go over what it is that she wants at his service and everything. And so like I said, there's just so much going on. So y'all please keep all of the people in church in prayer. We're in a time right now that uh, the devil has got an opportunity to really do a number. And he's trying to do it. You just know where your strength lies, where your faith should lie, and that's in Jesus Christ. He is the hope of our salvation.
His hand is on us. He is our protector. He's watching over us. So put your faith and your trust in God and not in the things of this world and in what this world is telling you. You put your faith in God and His Word and everything will be all right. Uh, Maybe some of you saw what the title of this uh, sermon is today. And I, th- I, you know, I don't know whether we all really kind of think about it. I know time to time we get complacent in our walk with God and our everyday life. The title of my message today is The Spirit is Willing, But the Flesh is Weak. I think we all know that. Our spirit's willing... But this man flesh is weak in the things that we need to do to glorify our God. Uh, Matthew himself, I mean Jesus said in Matthew, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He was talking to the disciples. And just like the disciples, I think every single one of us have good intentions about serving God. At times, I know we believe that we would give our life for him and that there is no way we would ever deny him. Well, there was another man thought these very same things, walked very close with God. That was Peter. Remember Peter told Jesus, he says, all others may deny you, but Lord, I'll even die with you. I will never deny you. But look what happens here. Look look at Matthew 26, 35 is what takes place. Peter said unto Jesus, Though I should die with you, yet will I not deny you. Likewise also said all the disciples. Peter said, Lord, I'll even die with you, but there's no way I'll ever deny you. Well, we, have, we happen to know for a fact in the Word that Peter, Peter denied Jesus three times. He, Peter, honestly, in his spirit, he did not want to deny Jesus. He never thought he would do that. But in his flesh, his flesh was weak. When he came right down to it, Peter didn't have the strength in his own self not to deny the Lord. Peter became frightened. All the soldiers, they were getting Jesus and taking him. Peter thought, sure, well, they'll take me too. They'll kill me. And what did Peter say? Even though, Lord, I will die with you, but I'll never deny you. Sometimes a thought... Or maybe a feeling, a word that we think or say, a deed that we do comes out of us. And what does it do? It reveals more of the flesh than it does the faith. Sometimes, and we've all done it, we have a thought. Something comes out of our mouth that shouldn't have come out. We have this feeling that goes through us that actually 
It's not the spirit, but it's the flesh. We let the flesh take over. The flesh became stronger than our spirit. This is something that we really have to have to work on is making our spirit stronger than our flesh. Well, how do I make my spirit stronger than I do my flesh? Feed yourself on the Word of God. The stronger one is the one you feed the most. If you're feeding the spirit, the spirit will be stronger than the flesh. But if you're feeding the flesh more so than you are the spirit, then the, then the, then the flesh becomes stronger. So we're in charge of which is stronger in us, our flesh or our spirit. Of course, God wants our spirit to overrule our flesh. You know, and I, I guess I've done it. And I'm sure probably all of you have done it. Some Christians excuse when they make mistakes, some word they say, some thought they have. They excuse their sinful action by telling themselves, well, I'm only human. I'm just flesh. Anybody do that? You say, well, you know, I'm only human. I'm going to make mistakes. Well, here, God's Word tells us in Psalms 103, 13 through 14, He says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear or those who reverence Him, love Him, for He knows how we are formed. And He remembers that we are only dust. Man came from the dirt of the earth. We are nothing but dust. Many times at a funeral, at the ending of the funeral, it, 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 it said, and this body shall return to the dust from which it came, but the spirit shall we go back to the Lord who gave it. And that's true. The body came from the dust, but our spirit came from God. So we have the very Spirit of God inside of us. That's what our spirit is. Our spirit is part of us that will never die. That spirit will live on for all eternity. It will live on forever and ever and ever. That spirit is going to be alive. But we're the ones who have to determine where that spirit's going to live. Is it going to live in heaven with the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? Or is it going to burn in hell? That's only two places it can go. That's only two places the Bible talks about. is heaven and hell. And we're in charge of where that spirit is going to dwell. We're in charge of where that spirit... You know, and I know I've told you this before, but you know, they get real cocky, real smart-ass. Well, if your God is so loving, why does He send somebody to hell? I just simply look at them and say, God doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself because you have the choice of where you're going to spend eternity. And if you chose hell, that's where you're going to be. God's going to honor your choice. If you choose hell, that's where you're going to be. If you choose heaven and you, uh, you choose to believe and confess the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to be in heaven. So it's up to us as to where the Spirit dwells. The Spirit in us should be the strongest part 
What does the Bible say? For greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He said, greater is the Spirit of God living in you than Satan who walks throughout this earth. The Spirit is stronger. It's greater than Satan. It's greater than anything. But we have to let it be the biggest and the greatest thing inside of us. We have to do it. We have to confess the Spirit, His work, His power that's inside of us. How many of you have ever had something come against you? And I mean it was really strong that you didn't just look up and say, hey, I'm not going for this. For greater is He who is in me than He who is in the world. Probably, probably none of us. At that time, we're not thinking about it. But when we get that Word of God down on the inside of us, and we speak that back to the enemy, he pays attention. See, that's exactly the way Jesus defeated him when he had his trials out in the desert. Satan came against him. How did Jesus do it? For it is written, God says... And that's what we have to do. When things come against us, hey, wait a minute, Satan, I ain't going to fall for that. For greater is he who is on the inside of me than you who are in this world. The power of God is on the inside of me. And he's the one you're going to have to deal with. Satan don't want to mess with God because Satan knows that he cannot win. You know, whenever Jesus... According to the word of God, Satan, I mean, yeah, Satan left him. He left him. But you, you know, he came back. Satan will come back. He will come against you. We can run him off, but he will come back. So each time that he comes against you, you better be ready with the word of God. You better have God's spirit on the inside of you to combat what Satan is going to hit you with. You need to be stronger than what the enemy is. You know, the, the Lord said that he remembers that we are only dust. He knows we are weak. But through him, we should be strong. The Lord never forgets that we are nothing more than earthen vessels. In, in, in other words, we're weak in our own strength. If it was just us, we couldn't defeat Satan. Satan is, Satan is stronger than you are. But he's not stronger than the God that lives on the inside of you. But he is stronger than you are. And you know, whenever we, I think each one of us has very little satisfaction in saying that, well, I'm only human. That really doesn't help us. Well, I know I made a mistake, but oh, I'm only human. It doesn't really make us feel any better about what we did or what we said. All it is is an excuse. We're looking for an excuse. Well, I know I messed up, but now how can I combat this? What can I say that will make me feel better? Oh, I know. I'm just human. Yes, you're human. But you also have a spirit living on the inside of you in that human body. Is that the Spirit of God living on the inside of you? Is that the strength of God living on the inside of you? 
God wants us to exercise the strength that He put in us. That day of Pentecost, when all the disciples were in their upper room, God told them, wait. Wait for the Spirit to come upon you. Many times, and I can't blame Peter really for what he did, because the Spirit had not yet come. Spirit, Peter was operating in his flesh. He was not operating in the Spirit. But did you notice that when that Spirit came, he said it came as, a, as, as that of a mighty rushing wind. And it come upon all the disciples. It come upon those there. And they began to do things that they had never done before. Peter, even after all that he had went through, all of his downfalls, he said that Peter preached one of the most powerful sermons he ever preached. He began to preach to all those there at Pentecost, to all those there there around that would listen. And it said that day, thousands came to Christ. Why? It wasn't anything Peter did. It was what the Spirit did through Peter. And even today, it's not our power, but it's what the Spirit does through us. What we allow the Holy Spirit to do. Many times, in our words, our deeds, our thoughts, we quench the Spirit of God. What do you mean quench? We stop it. We stop the flow of it. By our thoughts, our deeds, our words, we have to let the Spirit move. The Spirit has to have a freedom in you to do what God has asked that Spirit to do. And many times, well, oh, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with that. God is not going to do anything that will make you uncomfortable. God is going to give you the ability to know it's Him. You know, sometimes we do things. I know at some of the hospitals, I'd be sitting there and people would come over to me. I, I usually always wore a shirt. And on it had three crosses on it. And underneath it said, Jesus is Lord. They'd ask me, are you a pastor? I said, well, yes, I am. They said, well, I thought you was. Pretty sure you was. But can I talk to you just a minute? And they began to ask me questions. And I've even had them come. Could you come down to my loved one's room and pray over them? I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. See, they didn't have a pastor. Or at least not one that was there. And they asked me, would you come and pray for them? And I'd ask them. I said, okay, I will go. But is it all right if I anoint your loved one with oil and lay my hands on them and pray? And they said, yes, you can. And usually before I even... When I go to the hospital, if it's somebody I don't really know, I'll explain to them and ask them before I pray over them, is it all right if I anoint you with oil, lay my hands on you, and pray? 
I've never had nobody say no. I've been in, cir- in, in circumstances where things have happened that I know for a fact it was God. I didn't even know the people. I didn't know any of them. Never met them. One time Roy was having surgery done. Oh, he's had a pacemaker put in, I think. That's what he was. At uh, Harris Southwest. <clears throat> I was on my way back from his room, going to the waiting room. As I passed by, the door was open to this room. There was this little lady in there by herself. And she was just weeping and crying. Well, you know, of course, I'm in a hurry and I go, and all of a sudden, for no, I don't, something just stopped me and said, you go in that room. Go in that room. I know that was God. I turned around, went back, went in that room. I walked over to the little lady, told her who I was, and this, that, and, and she looked up, and all of a sudden, she just got me by the hand and said, God sent you. I said, yes, ma'am, he did. I said, I've tried to walk by your room without coming in. But he told me to come in here. And she says, I'm here. I'm having a serious surgery, and I have nobody here with me. And I asked her, is it all right if I pray for you? And she said, please, please pray for me. I said, can I anoint you with oil? And she says, yes. I have never seen the lady again. Don't know how the outcome was. But in my spirit, I know everything was okay. I don't even know who she is. But see, sometimes God puts you in positions that all you got to do is be obedient to Him. I could have walked on by. I could have went where I was going. I was just going back to the waiting room. I was going to get me a cup of coffee and Sam. Wait, you know. There until, until, until Roy was, uh, everybody said he was okay and everything. Then I was going to go. But God had another plan. He had somebody there that he wanted me to see. And I know in my heart that everything was all right. And when I left that room, all she could say was, Pastor, thank you so much for being obedient to God. The Spirit in me would not let me go past that room until I obeyed God. Oh, God could have used somebody else if I'd have been disobedient and had to gone in. But I will never, ever forget what happened that day. Matter of fact, it makes me more, even more so to be, want to be obedient when I feel the pull of God on my life. Because I know He's got a plan. I know He's got a plan. I want my spirit stronger than my flesh. I want to be able to hear God's voice. I want to be able to distinguish His voice from the world. I want to know it's God. Because when I know that I know that I know, it makes everything so much easier. Because I know God's with me. I know He's God was in that room with me. I could feel that. 
I can feel a, a presence in there that I cannot, and I cannot explain it to you. But there was such a presence that I knew that God was in there too. Even the lady said, I've never felt this heavy of a presence before. I said, I know what you're, I know what you're saying because I feel it. She says, God's in here, isn't he? I said, yes, ma'am, he is. And all of a sudden, she become so at peace. It was just like, I know everything's okay. I know everything is going to be all right. I said, yes, it is. I said, I will leave, but the Spirit of God will stay. And she says, I know he will. I know he's here with me. So when we let the Spirit... See, I could have walked on by that room. But I want God's Spirit to be stronger in me than my flesh. You know, even though our sins, your sins, my sins, are under the blood of Jesus... They're still always before us. They're still there. He's, he's washed them away, but in our mind, we still think about these things. And it should grieve every one of us to know that we have disappointed God. It should grieve us to know that we have disappointed God. When we've let the flesh overrule God and what He wanted us to do, I'm sure each and every one of you in here have felt at one time or another that God was telling you to do something and you didn't do it. I've done it. And I, that, I've, I regretted that so much. When it, I, 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 it would keep coming back. You know, why didn't I listen? Why did I do that? Why didn't I do what God had called me to do? I let the flesh overrule the spirit. I don't ever want that to happen. I don't ever want that to happen. That's one of the sickest feelings I believe I've ever had. Now, I disappointed God. That I disappointed God. I didn't do what He told me to do. You know, Jesus understands that He knows our flesh is weak. And that there's still sin in our lives. I mean, He has removed it, but we keep bringing it back. And the things we say, the things we do, the things we think. You know, it is not easy. And God knows it's not easy to walk in this world with those who are totally against the Christian faith. You'd be surprised what you run into daily. There's, there's so much antichrist in this world today. I honestly believe that the antichrist is here in this world right now. I, think, I don't think it's going to be that much longer with everything that's going on. All this stuff going on. I think God may be trying to prepare some people It's close. Are you ready? It's close. Are you ready? Ready for what? 
Jesus told us, I am coming back. If, if Jesus said, I'm coming back, he is coming back. And it can't be that much longer. Just from what his descriptions of what to look for when the end times are close and we're in them. It's happening. It's happening. The only thing I can tell you to do is you better get ready if you're not. You know, as we go through this world, Jesus encourages us to seek His strength. Not ours, but His strength that we may live for Him and not fall back to where we came from. You know, it's so easy. We'll call it backsliding. It's so easy to backslide, to get back into the world, to get back into the sins, to get back into the things you used to do. Jesus says, hold on to me. I'll hold on to you. He's there. He wants to keep us from, from falling back into our old nature, that sin nature, that fresh nature. He doesn't want us to go back into that. He wants us to stay and be loyal to Him. Jesus told His disciples in uh, 2641, it's what we've been talking about, He said, watch and pray so that you enter not into temptation. The Spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Now I want you to notice something. Jesus did not say, don't worry about your flesh being weak. That's not what He said. He said to watch and pray so that you enter not into temptation, but that through me you can have victory over temptation. He said, notice up here, maybe a little longer, he said, watch and pray. He said, be alert to what's going on. Pray. You know, just like you, we all have certain areas in our life where, where we are more vulnerable to temptation and susceptible to sin. There's little things in our life that give us a fit when we was walking in the world and it still wants to come against you now. There's those little things. And, and you know, each of us has these certain areas in our life. Scripture teaches us that we should always be alert to Satan's temptations, especially in those areas where we are weak. We've all got weak areas. Each of us knows what, that, what your weak area is. So guard those areas with your life. And keep those temptations from coming in and trying to seduce you to come back into them. You know, part of being alert is to, is to pray for strength. You know, Jesus said, He told us this prayer. He said, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is how Jesus taught us to pray. You know, notice up here it says, Lead us not into temptation. Jesus isn't one leading us into temptation. I think I would read it like, Let us not be led into temptation. Who's leading you into temptation? It's not Jesus. Satan is trying to lead you into temptation. So we need, 
Father, let us not be led into temptation, but let your spirit dwell and be stronger in us to give us the strength not to be led. Let us walk with you. Let the spirit be so strong that nothing can take us back to where we came from. You know, we are to bring our needs, our weaknesses before God's throne. We're to bring our needs and our weaknesses before God's throne and receive His help. Jesus understands. He knows what we are going through. Matter of fact, I've got a scripture here I'm going to read. It's Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. And it says, For we do not have a high priest, which is Jesus, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He feels what we feel but was in all ways, when he was walking on this earth, but it was in all ways tempted as we are, but without sin. Jesus has had the same temptations that we have, but he, was not, he did not allow the temptations to overcome him. It says he was tempted, but yet without sin. So let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus knows exactly what we're going through. He sees, he sees the temptations in our life. You know, when Satan came against him and all the things, he came against him with temptations. Just like what we are. He was tempted in all, it said in all points. Always just like what we are. But yet, he did not fall into sin. He did not receive those temptations. His spirit, his God, his Father, was so in him, said, for we are one. Do y'all realize that Jesus constantly stayed in prayer? He constantly stayed in prayer with his Father. And I really feel like if Jesus needed to stay in prayer, I believe we do. We need to stay in prayer with the Father. We need to have a closer, closer walk. We need to have these temptations to where we can bypass them, where we don't fall into that temptation. We don't do it. You know, and I know none of us are going to be perfect until we get to heaven. That's the only time you're going to be perfect is when you get to heaven. Even the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, Not as though I have already obtained, either were ready, already perfect, but I follow after, that if I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Brethren, I count myself, I count not myself to have apprehended or to have achieved all these things. No, I'm not perfect. But there's one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. There's a lot of things in your life that are behind you that you need to forget about. Because Jesus Christ has took care of it already. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. What's before you? Eternity. Christ. He says, I press toward the mark for the high prize I pressed, I pressed toward the mark for the, high, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, Paul said, I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep walking. I don't care what comes against me. 
But I am going to walk and I'm going to continue to follow after Christ. He said, I'm going to cross that. He, he compared himself to a runner. He said, I will cross that finish line. I will cross the finish line. Are we going to cross that finish line? That finish line is eternal life. It's Jesus Christ. Paul is saying to us, no, I haven't, I haven't arrived yet. I'm not perfect. None of us are. But this, thing, but this doesn't mean that I don't keep trying. We are to keep trying. We keep trying. We keep serving God. And if we don't give up in this life, but keep on moving toward Christ's strength, we're not to give up. We're to keep moving toward Christ's strength. I've talked to a lot of people. Said, I can't keep going. It's too tough. They're trying to be a Christian. I didn't realize it was this hard. Many people thought that when they became a Christian, they accepted Christ. All their worries, all their problems, and all their troubles were over. And most of them just started. Because that's when Satan really hit you. Trying to turn you away from Christ. If you're here today, I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you're here today, and you've got Satan coming against you, trying to turn you back, trying to get you back in that old life that you used to have. And he's coming against you so hard and so tough. We have an altar up here. What did God say? Well, come boldly before my throne. Come boldly before my throne. We have an open invitation for God to come boldly to Him. He's waiting on you. Just like that song we sang a while ago when he reached down his hand. God's reaching down his hand right now for, for anybody that will come. And I'm going to open up the church this morning. If there's anyone here that would like to come and be a member of this church, I would ask you to come forward. Then I would ask that after the end of this that you walk by and greet them and thank them for being a part of your church. For being a part of Christ's church. If you have a need today, we have an altar. We have an altar. Bring those needs to God. Tell Him what your needs are. He knows what they are, but He wants to hear you say it. He wants to hear you say it. So if you're here today, you would like to be a part of the church, if you have a need that you need to bring to God, I would ask you to come forward. God's waiting on you. He's not forcing you, but He's just asking you to come to me. So if uh, you're here today, if you would like to be a part of the church and join the church, I'd ask you to come forward. If you've got a problem, you've got things going on in your life that you need to bring it for Christ, bring it to Christ today. He's here waiting.